Okay, Shalom Bruche. We are continuing with where we left off. Siv Dalit, the Kutemuran lesson twenty-four, paragraph number four. Before we continue, it's needed some just more introductions to recap, but an introduction. He is Rabbi Nachman is going to call the dom- the area of evil, the domain of Tuma. We're going to see he's going to call it Hechalat Murot. You heard it already a few times, but we didn't see it inside the lesson yet. It doesn't, it's if Aleph, it doesn't quote it even once. Siv Bet, he didn't say yet Hechalat Murot. He calls it the Kripot, the, the, the realm of the Kripot. Atzvut, right? The, two, the, the evil. But he didn't mention yet Hechalat Murot. Hechalat Murot translates as the exchanged chambers. What is that? That is what evil is. What is evil? Evil tries to switch good to bad, right to wrong, truth to falsehood, purity to impurity. That's the whole avoda of the evil. The evil is trying to take the good and to cover it up to make it bad. That's, that's how it is in life. Life is that a person could be do something good and right, but the etzerah makes him feel that he's doing the wrong thing. Ah, you're wasting your time. Ah, you're upside down. Okay? Yetzirah, his whole thing is to make a person feel doubts and skeptical about what he's doing, if he's doing the right thing or not. When you know you're doing the right thing, nothing in the world will stop you. What's the problem? Is Yetzirah convinced you, ah, you could be doing something else, ah, you're not really fit for this, ah, it's not at your level. Always be going through a battle, subconsciously, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, any level you want, you're going through a battle in trying to do something useful in your life. You believe you're doing the right thing, but Yitzhak says, hey, instead of learning right now, you could be giving tzedakah, you can go to work in order to do achnasat orchim, you can do 5,000 things, and even when you're learning, maybe don't learn this, learn that, and when you're davening also, you can do this, you can do that. The is always trying to switch a person. That's why he's called the Heichal Hatmurot. Okay? That's how it has to be. That's how it has to be. This is the main battleground of every person in the world, every Jew. This is called the battleground of Etzadat Tovara, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam Arishon fell in the initial test with the Etzadat Tovara, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this continues to be the test. Okay? You see people on the street. They should be happy, but they're not, right? People are busy and this and that. People should be happy. You see, go, you see people now running to restaurants and they're stuffing, they're fussing, whatever, or people they're buying and they're not, they're not happy. You should be happy. If you're, doing, if you're buying something, no, I'm not happy. The, the dress is not as nice as I thought it would be, and this and that. The person always complains, always complains. My daughter told me on Yom Tov, you, you, you had a good time with me on Friday, on the night of Yom Tov. But on the day of Yom Tov was the exact opposite of the night. Everybody was complaining. Oh, the meat is so fatty and there's no meat in the meat. Next time, don't buy this number. Why did you buy it? You can hardly eat it. And there's so many bones. And there was non-stop complaints. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, the night of Yom Tov, we had a, everyone was so happy and everything. The day, everybody was drowsy from being up all night. And then when you eat the cheesecake after being up all night, you're even heavier. <laughs> you're even heavier because the, the nature of dairy is to make you heavy. So it's after you're having the hangover from the dairy, and then you come to the meal, you're not even hungry, right? You're not even, you're just plutzing, you're just eating the Yom Tov meal because you have to, because it's a mitzvah. In America, it's probably even harder, three days. 
you're saying, oh, let's get, let's get over it already. Three days, no shower, or three days, no this, I don't know, whatever. They, okay? So people are always complaining. It's crazy. You should be happy. What, what, are, you, what are you complaining about? Right? They say the cup, is it half full or is it half empty? So most people, they look at the half empty, right? Like, the, again, we said this many times. The Al Sheikh HaKadosh. I'm sorry, there's someone waiting in the room here. One second. I thought I let them in. Sorry. The Al Sheikh HaKadosh, he says the nature of a person is to look through the pupil. The pupil is black. It looks black, right? The color of the pupil is black because the nature of a person is to look at everything negative, everything. You have everything to be happy about. You're in Eretz Yisrael. You have a mishpuche. You're married, whatever, okay? A person has so much things to be, until he got to that, you know, when he went through, and he should be thankful. And instead, he's just complaining, complaining, and what in the world is wrong? This is coming from the Hechalat Mord. It's right. Me, without any external pressure, I should be okay. I should be happy. I should be besimcha. The problem is, there's pressure. From who? From the exchange chambers. They're trying to switch everything, always, okay? Always to make everything up and down. This was the initial test of Adam Arishon. And this challenge goes through Am Yisrael, okay? The thing is, we have weapons to use throughout throughout an history that are given to us to fight this battle. Okay, the classic uh, example is like this. It says that, that when Adam and Chava ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so the, the tumah of the snake, which is the tumah of the Etzadah Tovarah, got stuck to Adam and Chava. What is the zuhama of the Nachash? It's this, right? It's the atzvut, afar, it's sadness, heaviness, being negative. That's the test of the, of the snake. So it says that Kabbalat Torah, it's just amazing how it fits in. We're speaking about it because we just went to our Sinai. Kabulus HaToyre, right? Har Sinai, what does it say? Paska, Zuhamatan. The Zuhamah, the filth, stopped. Okay? But then after, after, after receiving the Torah Har Sinai, Cheta Egel on Yudzayim Betamuz, they got again the filth. The Jews again fell down again. What the light they received from Har Sinai, when, when, when there was Cheta Egel, the sin of the golden calf, they lost that. But then, Chazal teaches us, when the poor miracle happened, and, the, and it says in Megillah Esther, Kimu Vekiblu, right, that the Jews once again received the Torah that they received at Har Sinai, but the difference is now in the Purim, they received it out of Ahava, the Kiblu Zebe Ahava. There, by Har Sinai, it was what? Out of fear, that Hashem Kafa Kigigit. Remember, he took the Har Sinai and covered the Jewish people and said, if you accept the Torah, fine. If not, I'm going to bury you alive. Right? Hashem said that. So as if they had no choice, okay? The thing of, of Purim, it's now receiving the Torah out of love because of the poor miracle. Because you see that Hashem saves a Jew no matter what they're going through. Right? Lehodia, again, the, the message of Purim is unbelievable. It's like for all year round. Lehodia shekol kovecha lo yevoshu velo yikalmu lanetzach kol Right? That's the whole idea of Purim. So now, how does this fit in? This is the challenge that we go through, right? This is the challenge of Etzavdat Tovarah, is basically the challenge of Amalek, Haman Amalek, and we're going to see the challenge of Lavan. Lavan, the Arizal says, and Haman and Bilam, they're all connected. Ham, uh, Lavan, Haman, Amalek, and Bilam, they're all one creeper. We said this many times, right? I'll say it again, that there's a type of spelling out which you can, you can write it in two ways and shows the connection. If you take Amalek, right, so it's Ayn Mem, Lamed Kuf, and directly underneath it you write Bilam, Bet, Lamed, Ayn Mem. 
So you have two combinations of Bilam, Amalek and Bilam. You have Amalek, Aymem Lamed Kuf, and then Bilam. And then you take the Ayn Lamed of, Ayn Mem of Amalek, and the Bet Lamed of Bilam, and you have again Bilam this way. Okay, take the, the first two letters of Amalek, so it's Ayn Mem, and the first two letters of Bilam, Bet Lamed, and I have a new combination of Bilam, and then I take the Lamed Kuf of Amalek, and the Ayn Mem of Bilam, and I have again Amalek. You got that? Rav Nosen brings us down. It's a type of, not a gematria, but a way of writing out names, and you have different combinations, like what Arachim does. You know, Arachim, they try to find hints in every 10th letter, every 24th letter, every this. So there's also like this, where you write the two, two words, one on top of another, and it's the exact same amount of letters, four letters, four letters. So you can read it like this, or like this. Okay? Two, two groups like this, or one group like two groups like that. Rav Nosen brings this down to show that Bilam and Amalek, Bilam being the grandson of Lavan, okay, Bilam and Lavan are the same Gilgul, Arizal writes, and Bilam and Lavan also give the Koach to Haman Amalek, because you remember the famous Chazal, we said it hundreds of times, Haman mina Torah minayin, where, where do you learn that Haman from the Torah? The Gemara, all of a sudden, I think it's a Masech in Megillah, they want to show you where the story of Megillah is hinted to in the Chumash, so they show you where's Haman indicated, where's Mordechai indicated, and where Esther is indicated. For Haman, what does the Gemara say? Haminaetz, remember? When Adam and Chava ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Hashem asked Adam, you know, how do you know you're naked? Who told you you're naked? Could it be Haminaetz? Could it be that from the tree that I told you not to eat from, did you eat? So the Gemara says, Haman Minatora, Haman He Memnun, is the same letter as Hamin, Haminaetz. So Haman is not the tree, but he's from the tree. He's part of the tree. He's the evil of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Lavan, is even more dangerous. The clip of Lavan is even more dangerous than the clip of Haman Amalek. Right? Like we say in the Haggadah, Arami Oved Avi. An Aramean, Lavan Arami, sought to destroy my ancestor Yaakov Avin and everything. That's worse than Haman Amalek, okay? Because he, he's, he's at the root. Why, why, is, why is Arami, Lavan Arami, more dangerous than anybody else? Because he's very slick and sly. He changes. He represents... The Rabbi Nachman shows in lesson 19, I think we did it once a long time ago, that Lavan represents the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does it mean tree of knowledge of good and evil? That the good and evil is mixed. That's Hechalat Murot. The exchange chambers is, it, it can switch in a second. Good, evil, evil, good, truth, falsehood, purity, impurity, right, wrong. It's always changing. It's changing. It's called the change, change, chambers of exchanges. Why, why is that? Because they drive you nuts with the constant changes. It, just let me live quietly. I just want to serve as quietly. No, no. You have to go through this battle. Should I do like this? Should I do like that? And this person's driving me nuts and this. And there's non-stop pressure. Non-stop pressure to make you always confused and upside down until you say, I can't have this anymore. I can't. It's a rule. Rav Nossin writes this. Okay, it's a scary rule, but it's, 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 it's an axiom it's an of life. It's part of life. Whenever you do good, you get hit afterwards. There's no such thing as doing good and okay, fine, you know? You get hit afterwards and you begin to wonder. You know, I do something good and I get hit for it. So what does the person begin to say? The H with this, I don't need this. You know, like I say, lo mi dubshech, I get hit for doing good, I don't need your honey and I don't need your sting, just leave me alone, let me die in peace, right? That's what the Yetzirah wants you to say. This is how it is in life, it's a test. You do good, 
and you get hit. Rabbeinu in L'Kachai Moran, he says, this is the way of Hashem that we can't understand. That the big tzaddikim, they do good, and they get punished for it. He gives the classic example of the Arizal, who, who didn't want to reveal a spe- specific secret. We went into this once, if you remember, the Tikkun HaKlavi. He didn't want to reveal a specific secret to the Rucham to Vital, where the Zohar talks about the concept of the Ayala, the Ayal Ta'arog, the, the, the Ayal is the type of a deer. And there's deep secrets that the Rabbi Shimon says, this is so deep, we don't go into this. And Rucham Vital pressed the Arizal to reveal to him the secret. And the Arizal said, it's too dangerous, it's too dangerous. But he kept on pressing, and Arizal had to reveal to him, because he said, I came to this world only to fix the Neshama, to rectify the Neshama of Rechaim Vital. He revealed to him the secret, and right after that, Arizal's young little boy got sick and died. He's there buried in Tzfat. If you ever go to Tzfat, you have the Arizal, Rav Shlomo Al-Kabitz, and you have there the son of the Arizal. There's a kever to the right of the Arizal, more Ben, uh, I think his name is Shlomo Ben Arizal, or Moshe, I forgot exactly his name. But you see, the Ben Shal Arizal is buried over there, okay? Rabbi Nachman says, this is how it is by Tzadikin. He said about himself also, that for all the good that he brought from Yisrael, he also lost his wife, his first wife and kids and everything. On a, that's the Tzadikin. On a smaller level, you and your daily, your daily struggles to try to do something good. Some people, they get hit every blue moon, every month. Some people get hit every week. Some people get hit every day. Some people get hit every hour. Some people get hit every minute. Okay, it depends how powerful is the good that you're doing. The more good you do, the more you get hit. And, and what's, the, what's the challenge? What's this? So I shouldn't do good? If now every time I do good, I get a patch afterwards, I don't need this. What do I need this for? This is a major theme in the next lesson, lesson 25, but it's also touched upon in lesson 24. That people make a mistake. You know, the guy's davening, finally got to daven gishmak, an amazing davening, and then he has a crash. And Rabbi Nachman says there, at the end of lesson 25, chasidim to'im, you can see it inside, that the chasidim make a mistake, that after, you know, they have an amazing hit orerut and serving Hashem, that they have a crash. So what do they think? Eh, I'm, I didn't make it, I'm worse than before, and I'm just lower and far. And he says, it's this exact opposite. You went up a level, and the, and the indicator that you went up the level is that you get the patch afterwards. If you get no patch afterwards, then you have to worry. <laughs> you hear that? It's when you get a patch afterwards, that's your sign. Psh, I'm doing something good. You know, again, even on this Yitzhar can play games. If you know this rule, okay, I know this rule. So the Yitzhar also, well, you do something wrong and hit you afterwards and convince you, you were doing the right thing, it's okay, it's okay. Like, you know, some people, some cults, they try to convince their followers, you know, this is happening because you're doing the right thing and they're doing something wrong. But they, to keep them in the group, this is the encouragement you're getting. It's This is the way, Reverend says, just as in Kedusha, there's rules. Also in the tomb, there's also rules. They, they, they copy, it's like a monkey. They copy the rules. But in Kedusha, when you know for sure you're doing something right, how do you do something right? Rabbi Nachman said like this, don't go crazy over, I should have done like this, I should have done like that. If you're doing good, you're okay. Anything you're doing that you know is within the parameters of the halacha, you're within the parameters of Shulchan Aruch, okay? You go to work, and you start saying, ugh, and it's a work I should be learning, Gemara all day and this and that. Are you doing something wrong? No, you're working in order to have a, a tzedakah, parnasah, Talmud Torah, Shabbos, okay? But the person's going nuts, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, I'm saying, and people are like that, they're going nuts non-stop, that they're always doubting if you're doing the right thing. Rabbi Nachman says, stop thinking of the doubt. As long as you're not going in salacha, you're doing the right thing. You hear that? You're doing the right thing. Don't go crazy. Don't drive yourself. If you, if you have a way, 
you're doing things you shouldn't. Afterwards, it didn't work out. Ah, another guy did that. I should have done like him. Look how he's matzliach. I should. Now I know for next time. And in the meantime, you're eating, you're eating yourself inside out because right now you you feel like you didn't do well. He said, "Stop, stop. You did the right thing. So that's it. You did, you did something which is right. That's the right thing. You know you're within the parameters of Shachan Okay. This is the test of Yichalat Murad. This is Lavan. Lavan is like a constant attack every day. It's crazy, crazy. Arami Oved Avi, right? Arami Lavan, he wants to destroy Oved, okay? From him, Haman, Haman is, is Mina'et Sadat Tovara. Haman is from the evil of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. That's why he's not as dangerous as Lavan, because Haman, Amalek, he's just bad, he's just evil. <laughs> He gets his koach from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, from the evil of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Lavan is more dangerous, the klipa of Targum, the klipa of Halavan, is even more severe because he's always playing games with you. He comes with a big shtramel, right? The Lavan Amalek, Lavan Arami, he comes with a big shtramel and the long payas. He comes dressed like Rabbi Nachman says in lesson number one, the Kutimran. He comes dressed in mitzvot. He comes dressed in mitzvahs, okay? That's how he gets a person. If he comes as a rasha, you're for sure not going to listen to him. How does he convince you? He comes with a big shtramel. Right, I like saying it like that. Shtramel, is that right? Big shtramel. Okay, he goes with a big shtramel. Okay? And he comes with the kedusha in order to bring you down. Because that's the only way you're going to listen to him, that he comes with a shtramel. If you come to him with a, you know, your man with the, with the rings, you know, the ghetto blaster and the raps and everything, you're, gonna, you're not going to be so convinced to follow him. And he has to come from the Kedusha, from the Yiddish kite, from the Frum kite and everything, the long skipping rope payas, you know. The nice, has, the nice payas, the long ones with the skipping rope, you know. The phone, the phone cords, okay. That's how he gets, that's how he gets you. That's Lavan, that's not Amalek, okay. Amalek, we, we taught in Shmuel, he was a shape changer, right, with Agag, you remember? Agag that, uh, that, that Shaul HaMelech didn't listen to Shmuel HaNavi, he told him, kill everyone. When you capture the Amalekim, it's the opportunity not to wipe them out. You kill their animals, the women, the children, the elderly. Shaul didn't listen. He kept Agag alive because he's too old. And he kept the nice fat cows as korbanot for the Beit HaMikdash. These cows were who really? These were Amalek, female women Amalekite shape changers. They knew Kishif Machers, that they knew how to do Kishuf sorcery, witchcraft, and to change themselves into uh, the cows. And they were together that night with Agag, and they slept with Agag. And from one of them came forth an ancestor, because they escaped. These, these parod afterwards were, were let free. They weren't killed afterwards. They were able to go out. She, and, and from that relationship with Agag came eventually the ancestor of Haman. Haman came from Agag, Agagi. From Melech Agag, because of that night, because Shaul didn't listen to Shmuel and so Aga, Amalek, Haman Amalek uses sorcery to also, because we know Amalek is Gematia, Safek, doubt, right? The Koach comes from Lavan. Lavan is the root, okay? Lavan is the root. So now let's go back to what we touched upon last week, okay? Let's again just root through this quickly. Paragraph number four, right? I'm just reading again, okay? And I went through this a few times. No, sorry, this is, this is new. We went through this last week, first, first time, okay. And now through the arousal, that when a person does the mitzvot with joy, that now his feet get moving, the feet of the mitzvah get moving, which means that now that, um, that the, the, movie, the, the mitzvah has momentum to get 
the creation to wake up. We spoke, we went into this a lot last week in detail, that, you, that is a big thing to, to, to worry about other people, about getting the whole world to serve Hashem. Just if you, know how to, you have to know how to do it. That's the whole thing. So that's Hitorut, which is through the Halicha, the walking of the Mitzah, because that means the Mitzah goes to the level of the Sfirot, which is like the legs, which corresponds to the, the, the moving of the Mitzvah. Oh, what happened here? Sorry. Something just happened here. Let's try to reconnect. Uh, that's what happened. There's bad connection. That screen is not working, but is that screen time? Alexa, what time is it? Alright, come on, it just came off. Yeah, everything's not going. Yeah, okay, one second. Yeah, I see I don't have internet access. Here also. It says it says disconnect, that means it's connected. See? You see, fine and nice. We talk fine and nice. Is the internet like around? It's like halfway, so speak about the good thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sorry, I'm just a piece of cake, exactly. Yeah, that's, a, that's the best thing to do right now. Okay, so we said, right? I did our root. I know I did halicha nimshach bracha lechol alamot. This, this is this brings blessing into all the worlds. Once the, the mitzvah is released from the klipa by doing the mitzvah b'simcha, and it gets, it's in the, in the mode of arousal, this brings down bracha into all the world. Now bracha is needed, we're going to see, in order to extract even more holiness from the klipa. That's, why, that's the best bracha. Chain reaction. The best bracha is that you don't use it for gashmius, uh, but use the bracha to extract more holiness from the from the klipa. Okay, we'll see this now. Okay, nimshach bracha lechol alamot v'ze bechinat netzach od yesod malbishinet chesed gvurat tiferet. This is what in the Kabbalah is called the the, the three lower spherot of the leg area. Netzach od yesod, the right leg, left leg, and the the brit. They they dress, they enclose the upper spherot above them called chesed gvurat tiferet. Chesed is the right hand, gvur the left hand, tiferet is the torso. So the words the mitzvah are going up, and they I get they, what? I could do a hot spot. You can you can do? Yeah. Uh, it probably won't work either. Why should that work in this? It has nothing to do with internet. My my data. Yeah, but it needs more energy. That's true. So netzachod yesod is malbish. What does that mean? The koach of the mitzvah to arouse. Now it has an additional benefit. What's that called? Drawing down bracha. So he says now that with your mitzvah, the, the, the kedusha that you elevated, you extracted from the evil by doing the mitzvah b'simcha, has now additional additions. What's it called? Like, you know, in the computer, I've always got an add-on. There's an add-on. What an add-on is? Yeah. Right, on, on the browser. So the first add-on of the mitzvah is that it can now wake up everyone to do, to, to do tshuva. The second add-on is now is that it can draw down bracha. These are add-ons. So he calls it, in the term of the Kabbalah, it's that the lower svirt are malbish. They become a garment to the upper one, which means it's an add-on. It's basically an add-on, which adds koach to what you did. Because once, once you do a mitzvah b'simcha, and you extract it from the evil, it has many benefits. There's benefit number one, benefit number two. We're going to see now. So we're holding now the second benefit now, is that now bracha can come down. 
אוקיי? נצחת יסוד מלבישין את חסד גבוה תפארת, and he points out, שהם הידיים, and they, חסד גבוה תפארת, they correspond to the hands, and we're going to see that hands, שמשם כל הברכות, from the idea of hands, comes ברכות. The most obvious place this is, is in what? ברכת כהנים. ברכת כהנים, it's a whole גמרא in Sota, that the Kohen has to lift up the hands. If he doesn't lift up the hands, he can't do Birkat Kohanim, right? Also, he has to be standing. If you have a Kohen who's in a wheelchair, he can't do Birkat Kohanim. He has to be standing to do Birkat Kohanim. He has to be full. There's many things learned out in Gemara Masachet Sota. We're going to go into the Pasuk that it's quoted in the Masachet Sota. First thing is Rabbi Nachman wants to show this idea that the feet go up to the level of the hands, which is Bracha. So he says here, and we saw this last week, this is the idea, Vayvarech Hashem Otcha Leragli. Right? Nimtza Shaolin Haraglin Bivchanet Yadayim. These words, Nimtza Shaolin Haraglin Bivchanet Yadayim, is going on this Pasuk here. Because what's, what's the Diyuk of Rabbeinu? First of all, this is Yaakov Avinu talking to Lavan, Harami, <coughs> after when? After Yosef was born. Once Yosef was born, then Yaakov says, now I'm ready for lift, for takeoff. Now I can go, ready to prepare. And at that point, he asked him for his sachar, with the whole thing of the sheeps and everything, and the akudim, nekudim, berudim, okay? So it starts at that point. So Yaakov is telling Yalavan, you should know that before you came, you had nothing. It's only when I came to you, did you start getting wealthy and start having sheep, and your sheep had bracha on them and everything. And Yaakov said to Lavan, Vayvarech Hashem Otcha, Leragli, right? He did, the Pasuk didn't say, Vavarech Hashem Otcha Ba'avuri, or Biglali, which makes more sense. Yeah. It makes more sense that Yaakov should say to Lavan, you know, Hashem blessed you thanks to me or because of me. What is the word he uses? Leragli. Leragli. That's funny. You would think, Beragli, or Mashu, Meragli, from my, from my regal, or in my regal. He says, Leragli, to the feet. What's the, what's the diuk? So Rashi points out that Liragli means because of me. <laughs> because of me. <laughs> Please, don't, don't, don't play, play games there. <coughs> okay? So, so, Vayrach Hashem Otcha Liragli. He's saying, Rabbeinu is saying that the regal, the bracha now comes to the feet. You hear this? Bracha is going to say is the place of the Adayim. He says, Ve'ikar brachot, coming up, look at the, look at the, the few lines. Ve'ikar brachot mi'adayim, bibchinat va'isa aron et yada ve'la'am ba'ivarachem. So brachot come from the hands, brachot corresponds to the hands. He's going to prove that. But first he wants to say, to the feet comes down the bracha. Oh, it's to the feet, okay. So but he's saying though, that the feet become a garment to the, to the, what's it called? To the bracha, to the hands. So, so when you say that, when I say now that the upper level is enclosed by the lower, so who's going where? Does the upper level go down to the lower level or does the lower level go up? So here it, make, it seems it's liragli. The bracha is coming to you from Hashem. Liragli, to my feet. Yaakov is saying, to my feet. The feet, which is the, the, the idea is like this, the commentaries explain, that Yaakov Avinu, the only way he was able to hold on so many years by Lavan, in Tumadike Chutzlaretz, 
and the place of Lavan Arami is only. Yeah, it's connected. Okay, one second. I need this guy. Try the phone. Check if it works. How do you go live? It's not, it's not, it's not happening. Oh, it just means no, there's no connection. No, no, no internet, no internet. Before I, I pressed something, the video started playing. But so I maybe it was downloaded. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, no. it's it's pre 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 downloaded. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Okay. <coughs> okay. So again, so leragli that the bracha of Hashem, Hashem otcha, it's coming to you. Okay, we have to be very precise in the pasuk. It's very deep. You can spend like a year on this one pasuk. Who's otcha? Lavan. Where is Lavan located? He's in Hechalat Murot. His, his domain is the domain of evil. With Haman, Amalek, Bilam, they're all there. Yaakov is telling him, Hashem gave bracha down to you because the bracha is coming down to my feet. Leragli. My feet. Yaakov Inu. Why his feet? Because Yaakov Inu, they say, was only, the only way he was able to last so long by Lavan is if he did the mitzvah besimcha. <laughs> if Yaakov Inu was not besimcha, he wouldn't be able to hold on for so long. You have to realize that. What kept Yaakov Inu going? The 14 years he spent in Shem and Ever learning Torah was strong enough to give him the simcha that no matter what he's going through, he can serve Hashem. That's reflected in what the Zohar says, you know the Zohar, that Yaakov Avinu put on tefillin by peeling off the sticks. When he finally got the reward in his, his pay, that Yalavan said, okay, what do you want? I want these specific type of sheep. So what did Yaakov Avinu do in order to, to trick, again, Lavan? Uh, to outsmart Lavan from him tricking him, because Lavan wanted to give him the exact opposite of what he asked. What did Yaakov say? I want only sheep who are going to be these colors from now on. The parents you give me, they should not have any trace of these colors. So Yaakov, Lavan said, Halvai, you should take that. That's great. Because automatically, if the parents have a specific color, if the, the male sheep and the female sheep have a specific color, their children won't have any other color except for the colors of the parents. And Yaakov is asking for a type of combination of colors that don't exist in the parents. So Salaman said, that's great. It's a win-win. I, I, so it's a win-lose. You lose and I win. So what did Yaakov do? He took sticks of specific trees, of nut trees, pistachio, cash, whatever. The, the, the Rashi goes into the type of trees that they were, like egos, lose, okay? And he peeled them in a way, a way that when they're looking at them, when they came to drink, and also when they came to mate, the male and the female sheep, they had to have etched, etched in their subconscious the image of the stripes that he put, because Yaakov's reward was striped animals. But the animals given to Yaakov were not striped, okay? So how, how do you get striped animals from animals that are not striped? You play with the subconscious. Yaakov Inu put these maklot, these sticks in the, in the what's it called, the trenches? There's a better word. The, where you put the water, the brechot mai. How do you say in English? Thorough, there's a word, uh, there's a, you know, a good word in English, come on, help me if you're English. Where you pour the water in for the animals to drink, right? Shoket, the shoket. Shroud, maybe, something like that? No, um, uh, no, no, I have to look in Google search now to translate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the shoket, where the, where, the wa- where the animals drink the water, okay, that they dig, they dig that thing or it's, or it's built Forever, in. Like no, no, okay. So he put in the sticks, they see that, and they had animals which were that color. The Zohar says something deeper. He said, Yaakovinu didn't have tefillin with him. Because everything was stolen when he, when, when he was pursued by Eliphaz. Okay? So how did he put on tefillin at this case? This, this was Yaakov, the straps, the peeling, the kidufim of Yaakovinu, of peeling the, the, the sticks of these trees, is similar to the straps on the arm of the tefillin. You think about it. It's black and skin. Black and skin, black and skin. So it's like the peeling, 
machsof alavan, peeling the the skin which is darker in complexion to the what's underneath. So it was like tefillin straps. So the Zohar says this is how Yaakovinu was putting on tefillin. Rabbi Nachman brings this. He said about himself that on his way back from Eretz Yisrael, he reached such a high level that he can fulfill the Torah anywhere you throw him in. He says even if the ship they were on were to be taken captive by pirates and they throw him to somewhere where no Jews are as a slave, he would still be able to fill the Torah like similar to what Yaakov Avinu did in putting on tefillin. You think to yourself, how in the world do you put on tefillin by peeling branches? But Yaakov Avinu was on such a high level that he was able to do the exact same tikkunim activated by putting on tefillin by peeling the branches, the, the sticks of these trees, peeling them in a way that parallels the tefillin this is how Yaakov Avinu put on tefillin. That doesn't mean now, okay, I'm a hippie guy, I'm going to go up north and pull trees now, and I'm putting them on tefillin when I'm at that level, right? Okay, but, but Yaakov Avinu, what did he learn for 14 years? He learned how to be able to fulfill the Torah in every scenario. And by the way, this is also why we have every year Kabbalat Torah on Vav Sivan. Why every year Shavuot? Why every year Cheesecake? Why every year Kabbalat Torah? To be, give, to be able to give you the strength that no matter what scenario Hashem throws you, even ups and even downs, even if you crash, you can still fulfill the Torah. That's the Chiddush. No matter what you go through, you can still fulfill the Torah, the kim of the Torah. Naseh nishma, Naseh and nishma. Not just Naseh. There's the nishma, but there's Naseh. But I can do it no matter what situation you throw me in, I can do the Torah, right? It's like the Zirin, who in the Holocaust were able to do so many things to do the mitzvot. There was one guy, a breast liver. I think we went into this maybe. His name was Novominski. There's Novominski. He was from Novominsk in Poland, and he left his wife and family and everything, and he escaped to go eastward into Russia. He got, he got caught the first time, but the second time, he, uh, he had a miracle to escape the, the Germans who caught him the first time. And the second time, he, was, he, he escaped, and he, he found someone to take him by river. They had to cross a river which was like 20 kilometers long, a giant river between Poland and Russia. And he went in a small ship, and also when there, were, there was like, a, what's it called, the spot guards, you know, the, the, the coast guards of the Polish or the, the, Ger- the Russians or the Germans, he would go into the water, in and out, in and out, and that's how he was able to get into Russia. And from there he was taken to Siberia, and he had nothing. They had no idea, even a calendar, how to figure out the Chagim, when is Pesach, when is everything. He was in Siberia for a few years, like three years or something. So what did he do? He had to, he had to work with his memory, Look at this, it's unbelievable. And he started going back to all the Rishonim and Achorim that he learned. He was a big guy, Bucky and Shas and everything. And he built a man, a self-made calendar based on just his knowledge of what the situation is, where the positioning of the moon is and everything. He was able to make a calendar for a few years, for those three years, okay? When he eventually came to Eretz Yisrael and he got to meet the uh, uh, Mahagrimat, Rav Tikochinsky, was there Rav Michal Grimat? Rav Michal Tikochinsky was, was like the world expert on, on Luchot, on, on Jewish calendars. He, he made the calendars for Yerushalayim and for, the, for many people in the world. All, all questions on the calendars came to him, okay? When he got to meet him, and he showed him the proofs that he made on his calendar, all alone with no books, no Sfarim, no Gemara, no nothing. So the Grimat, the, this, this Ridgaon on Yerushalayim, he flipped out. He said, I would never... I'm an expert in all the calendars and everything. I can never do that. Even if I were to live like a thousand years, I couldn't do what you did. He like, was amazed. How did you do that? that? What? Was that accurate? 
He said you were accurate to the point. We compared the, the calendar that he did and everything because they had no idea when is Shana Meoberet, is this Rosh Chodesh Maleh, is this Chaser, and then everything is based on that. How do you know when Yom Kippur is? How do you know when is Purim and Pesach? He was so amazed for three years he went on with the calendar and it was precise to the point. He said, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. This Novominsky was a breast liver also, by the way, okay? So here's someone who even having nothing was able to fulfill the Torah, to know when Shabbos is, when Yom Tov is and everything. So the, the, the idea is that no matter what you're thrown into, to, to be able to, to, do, to do the mitzvah, to do the Torah, okay? This is the idea of, of fighting, uh, how do we get into this? Yeah, this is Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu had nothing, and yet he was able to serve Hashem besimcha, to, to live so long with Lavan. How many years is that with Lavan? Seven years for Leah, seven years for Rachel, and then a few more years... Huh? Six years. Six years for that. For that, but no. But until the animals were, it was fourteen years. When was Yosef born? Yosef was born after the fourteen years, I think. It's in the Chumash, whatever. You have there that after so long, and then another six years to have the animals. You know the the, the pain. The, I want my pain now. Yaakov said to Lavan, "Give me that the sheep." So long, twenty-two years. Twenty-two years. That's a, that's a cheshbon. Comes to twenty-two years, right? He was punished for kibudorim for twenty-two years. No, he wasn't punished for the 14 years by Shem and Ever, only the 22 years. So how, he was only able to hold on so long if he was happy. He told even Lavan, you know, Gnufti Yom, Gnufti Laila, I had no sleep in my eyes. I was uh, up, you know, watching your sheep. And if, if one, one sheep was eaten by a, a wolf, I had, to pay from, I had to pay for it. You had to take, take it off from my pay. If this and this and that. All these conditions, how was Yaakov able to hold on so long? He was Bismcha. They're doing the Mitzvah Bismcha, okay? So, going back to this Pasuk, Yaakov is telling Lavan, the Klippa, Bracha is coming down to you. Question mark. Why in the world would you want Bracha to come to Lavan? <laughs> you know, Yaakov is telling you, you know, Bracha came to you. But why do I want Bracha to come to such a Rasha, Merusha, such an evil Tuma like Lavan? Why should, you know, why should it even happen? Why should Hashem let it happen in the first place that Lavan, this trickster who's so bad, should have bracha? Specifically because he's Lavan. Because he represents the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because there's evil and good. So the job of Lavan is to rectify the good in, in Lavan. It says, the Arizal says, that Lavan eventually came to the Gilgul of Naval. Naval who married, uh, whose wife eventually David the Melech took. You remember? What was her name? Abigail, 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 right? Abigail, she was destined to, she was married to this Naval, who was the, was the Gilgul of Lavan, by the way. So he was killed, same letters, Lavan, Naval, right? So he was killed, and then Abigail came to David HaMelech. But the idea is that he eventually had a tikkun, Lavan. He eventually got, got his tikkun uh, big time. Haman Amalek, there's no tikkun for Haman Amalek. Well, his kids are... Yeah, I know, but Timchet, Zecher, Amalek. You have to moche the Zecher. The children are not... The Gufot of Amalek that became Jews is not from the Zikaron. The Zikaron is the memory. The Pasuk says what? Timchet, Zecher, Amalek. What do you have to erase? The, the way of the mind, the Moach of Haman Amalek is impure totally. It has to be wiped out. Once you do that... The bodies stolen by Haman Amalek, okay, those can convert, those can come back. Rabbi Nachman goes into this a little bit in lesson 17. He goes into the idea of extracting 
the good from the from the evil that 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 far. But Lavan Arami Aramean has total rectification. Arami is the language of the Gemara, right? Talmud Bavli. The Gemara is in Aramaic. The Zohar is in Aramaic, right? There's a mitzvah to do the parsha uh, twice in Hebrew and once in Aramit. Why do we care so much that I have to have Aramaic? And, and it's in everyday life. Kaddish is in Aramaic. Aramaic. Aramaic is so much a part of the life, a daily life of a Jew. It's in the Kaddish. It's in the Gemara you learn. It's in the Zohar. When you get the Zohar, it's in the parsha of the week. Every week you touch upon Aramaic, whether you like it or not. It's part of, it's part of your weekly life. Why is Aramaic there? Because that has to be, that, the good in it has to be elevated. It has to be elevated. That's our job, okay? So Yaakov Avinu sent the bracha. The bracha came to you, Lavan, because through my feet, to my feet, Leragli, and from the feet now they go downwards to the evil. Why? To extract more good, okay? So this is showing you something what we said at the beginning of the class. Whenever you do something good, you get a patch. Why do you get a patch afterwards? To hit you back, to send you back to the Hechalat Murat. And why do you go back? Why, why, why do I need that? Hashem, I did something good. Let me advance. No, no, we smack you. You have to get smacked and go back down. Why? Why do you smack me? Go back down. Let me go up. You'll get back up. But you have to go first go back down. Why do I have to go back down? Because now that you went up such a high level and you now are able to activate bracha, so now the bracha has to go back down to bring now more holiness, okay? And with the more holiness that you extract, you go up higher. Okay, it's like this happens like automatically. You do another mitzvah simcha, you get out. Some people say uh, I have to wait another year for that. Some people like they they have like an up once a year. You have some people they're all year down, all year down, and they have that one time of the year if it's like the Rosh Hashanah davening or Yom Kippur that they have an up a high, and the rest of the year they're just like Tisha B'Av all year round. Okay, so these people who say well, I have to wait another year. So I'm just saying the like, extreme example. Some people I said it's, it's some people it's once a month, some people it's once a week, some people it's once a day, some people it's every hour, some people it's every minute. Depends on how good is what you're doing. How good is the good that you're doing? That's how you get a patch afterwards. But the patch has in it downwards momentum of bracha now. That's what he's saying. Yaakov's telling Lavan the Klippa, the exchange chambers. Hashem is bringing our bracha through Leragli to my feet. We're going back down now. I just went up. I went down, Leragli to the legs in order to activate the bracha, in order to to extract with this bracha now, I cannot do another mitzvah besimcha, and I'll bring it up and go higher. That's the thing in Judaism. You don't just go up and stay level. You go up and then you throw back down. Trampoline. What goes up? It's a song. It must come down. It's a song. It's a, uh, what's it called? It's a, not jazz. What's it called? Reggae. Uh, whatever. But, uh, no, more, more than that. Blues. I don't know. Uh, what, what goes up must come down. Gravity. You go up spiritually, there's gravity. You have to come back down. Rabbi Nachman said that tzaddikim, that they reach a level and they stay at that level. He said, I'm not like that. He said, I'm always constantly, constantly looking for new levels. I'm not happy with the level of yesterday. It has to be something new. new. And if you give me the level of yesterday, I, 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 won't, I won't want to live. I, 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 my life has no value, Rabbi Nachman said about himself. And people who follow these type of tzaddikim, they're also yo-yos. That's what people make fun of with the breast livers. You breast livers, you guys are so upside down. You can't be normal like everybody else. <laughs> normal like everybody else is like the heart monitor in the hospital. Beep, 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 beep. That's normal like everybody else. Everyone is dead. Everybody's dead. They're spiritually dead. You start trying to serve Hashem. Ah, you woke up. Now you get the patch. Wait, wait, what did I do wrong? You didn't do that. You're doing good. 
That's why you're getting the patch. I need the patch? Leave me alone. Let me be dead. I prefer to be dead. You want to be dead? Okay, we'll let you be dead. But someone who's tasted these tzaddikim, they don't let him be dead. You try your best now. I meant, I think I told you guys, I once met a guy, a guy in Meron. It was during the corona where Rabbi Shimon Bayochai was locked up and you can only daven outside. So it was like Erev Rosh Chodesh Av or something like that in the summer last two years ago. Two years ago. And I was there and, 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 and an American father, a Hasidish guy, but he's dressed, you know, modern. He took off the payas, said belong payas. He once had, you know, he grew up probably in Borough Park or Williamsburg, one of these places, you know. And he's more, uh, you know, what's it called? Modern, modern, modern uh, young Israel style, you know, modern Orthodox style. And he sees me and he starts talking, he, sees, he, hears, he hears my English accent, you know, we're talking and everything. And then Brestov, he said, I'm scared to get into Brestov. Why? Because I know that once you get in, it's a commitment for life. You can't, you can't leave. Once you, take, you go in, once anyone who enters Breslev, that's it, you're zapped for life. Even if you want to leave, you can't leave. That's what he said. So that, that, there's a lot of truth when he's saying. Once your recognition of Emmet is opened up to a higher degree, that's it. If you try to go back, you're only fooling yourself, and your subconscious won't let you fool yourself. You want to be dead, it won't work. It won't work. <laughs> yeah, you got into something. If they would have told me before, I wouldn't have got it in, you know? I had such a good life living Sheker. Let me continue living a life of Sheker. It was great. It was so comfortable, so quiet. Now you guys drive me nuts, ups and downs. Leave me alone. No. Now you have a mission of Tikkun Olam. You came back to this world for a purpose, man. You want to have a quiet life and then come back to Gilgul. That's what you want. You can have quiet now, but then you have to come back and be Gilgul. And who says you're going to, uh, you know? Rav Ritzak Breiter says something very scary. It's in the seven pillars of faith. He says, again, this, you can't tell the world this. This is only for people who are listening to Brestov. He says that someone in his, his lifetime who doesn't have this suit of connecting to Rabbi Nachman bin Fege will have to come back again and again and again in Gungulim until finally he connects to this stuff. What? what? You should have told me before to leave him. All right? Okay? So let's go back to this pasuk. The proof the Rebbe is trying to say is the Pshat, you understand the Pshat. You see? I'm not interested in just the Pshad here, because we have, there's, there's so much depth here. The Pshad is, the bracha comes to you through the Raglin. That's what he said right now, in the, in the beginning. That the legs, Malbish, the Yadayim, which is the place of the bracha, Shema Yadayim, Shishama Kola Brachot. And this is the idea, I see the proof. The Pshad is, the Pshad of Likud Timuran is, there's bracha through the legs. But wait a second, when Rabbi Nachman brings a Pasuk, you can take every angle of the Pasuk and analyze it and open it up. This Pasuk, what we said, was said about Lavan. Yaakov is talking to Lavan. Bracha to Lavan. What in the world are we... I want Bracha for something, a higher purpose, to come closer to Hashem. Like he's going to go into coming up. What are you bringing Lavan? To teach us that, yes, we need to send Bracha into Lavan to extract more and more good that's trapped in Lavan. Because Lavan corresponds to the exchanged chambers. Hechalat Murot which you want to call also etzadat tovarad, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The admixture of good and evil is the exchange chambers, the domain of evil, that's Lavan. That's his name. His name is on it, okay? Rav says this also, by the way. Okay, so nimtza she'olin haraglin b'chenat yadayim. So therefore we see that the legs go up to the place of the feet. Sorry, sorry, the, the legs go up to the place of the arms. Nimtza she'olin haraglin. This is the exact opposite of what we just said. That the Pasuk said what? Les two, which can be translated as on behalf of, because of my legs. 
Hashem, uh, Yaakov says to Lavan, Hashem blessed you, Lavan, because Leragli, for my feet, led two, which, but, but the, the literalist thing is, look, it's two, it's going down. But he's saying here, Rabbi Nachman says now, Nimtza, therefore, what's actually happening for this to happen is yes, the legs are going up. The, the, the legs are, the arms are going down, the legs are going up. Therefore, right? This is another pasuk he brings. Shoftim, chapter 4, the last pasuk in this chapter, which discusses the war between Dvorah, Barak ben Avinom and Dvorah, who, by the way, are, are buried very up north, if ever you want to go. They're buried not far from the kever of, Dan, of, um, of Asher and Naftali. You have their Asher and Naftali, Barak, Dvorah, Ya'el HaKeni, Eshet Chaver. And you have their standing till today, a wall which looks like it's about to fall. And it's from the base midrash of Yeshua Binun. There's a base midrash after taking wow. Isaiah one day. And from there you can see the border of Lebanon. It's unbelievable. The view is unbelievable. And it's so quiet there. Like there's nothing there. The, the kever of, Na, of Naftali Nasher is just a pile of rocks painted blue. That's it. No matzeve, no nothing. And, and Dvora and Barak is actual, what's it called again? The actual, you know, the box of, of stone for the kever. What's it called again? Um, There's a hard English word. Seftigalt. Seftigalt. You know the word Seftigalt? It was like the, it's like the nice stone box where they put the body inside. A coffin, yeah, but uh, it's a, a, there's a word in even the Mishnahs that they use for that also, and it's like decorated nice with. Uh, no, the kuchen is a cave, is a nara, yeah, but they're actually above ground, and they're covered still, okay. Deep inside one is dvara, barak, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. And the path continues. You have the basement of Shulbinu. The walls like this. There's like a, a, a gap of air, of space between the two parts of the wall, and any second look at it, it's gonna fall. And the wall is like three, three stories high, three, three floors high. It's unbelievable. It's like one, it's like standing there. It's unbelievable. And you can see that it's super ancient. The style is like not Roman, it's before the Roman, before the Persians. You see it's from the time of Yushobinu, from the time of the Tanakh. Akopanim, I'm just going off a little. This Pasuk here, Vatalech Yad Bene Israel Haloch Vikasha. Rabbeinu brings a second pasuk. Okay, he, he already said already, bracha comes through the feet. And now he says another pasuk. Look, look, look at the pasuk. Batelech yad b'nei Yisrael haloch v'kasha. What is the proof here? Twice the halicha. Okay, but first it says, Vatelech yad. Look at the unbelievable. That the hands are walking. Vatelech yad. That's an amazing proof Rabbeinu is bringing here. That the hand of Israel was was walking. That's exactly what we want to say. That the feet dress up the yadaim, okay, the clothing. So that's exactly what the pasuk says. But telech yad What's the pshat? It says there that Am Yisrael succeeded in in subduing Sisera, who was the general, for Melech Knan, whose name was Melech Yavin, Melech Knan. So first they subdued. The stars came down from heaven and wiped out the whole camp of Sisera, which was a big army. And by that, the king of Canaan was subdued, Melech Yavin. And the Pasuk says here, Vatelech Yad Bnei Yisrael, didn't stop with that, because Melech Yavin kept on attacking. So Amisro, Vatelech Yad Bnei Haloch Vekasha, Amisro went to keep on attacking the army of Yavin, Melech Canaan. There's no more Sisera. So whoever was left, until he was totally subdued also. They killed Yavin, Melech Canaan. Okay? So the proof... Rabbeinu is saying here, that the hand is going. 
Okay, that's enough. But look at the Pasuk Rabbeinu brings. What in the world does this have to do with what we spoke about? All of a sudden you go into Dvora and Sisera and Yavin. So it's amazing. The Arizal says the Klippa of Yavin and the Klippa of Sisera parallels to the Klippa of Lavan and Haman Amalek. Haman is represented in Sisera. Sisera, he brings a proof in the Gematria of Sisera, the first three letters or something, how they parallel Haman in Sisera. And he says, the Arizal says that Sisera was bad big time. And he was Yonek from the Da'at of the Klippa. That's why it's called Yavin. Milashon Bina Havana. The king of Canaan, his name was Yavin, because the, the, the source that Sisera, who parallels Haman, was receiving from, was from the Da'at of the Klippa, which is like Lavan. The Lavan is the Etzadat Tovara. So Yavin, Yavin Melech Canaan, which means what also? The Arizal says that to Machnia, Canaan, is to subdue the Da'at of holiness and to bring it to the side of impurity. So there was Yavin Melech Knan, who wasn't subdued until the end, and there was Sisera as, as general, corresponding to Haman Amalek. So Dvora and the army, with their prayers and everything, and with the assistance of the stars coming from above, managed to wipe out and kill Sisera and the whole army, okay? But that wasn't enough, and I have to go to the root. You have to go to the root, which is Yavin. He's the Da'at of the Klippa, giving nourishment to Sisera. He's like Lavan, in a sense. So they kept, he kept on attacking. So that's why it says, The hand of the children of Israel went and prevailed. It wasn't enough that they killed Sisera, but they also went to subdue Yavin. There's a lot of depth here, because we're going back now to Yosef HaTzadik and Rabbi Akiva. Because the Arizal says, or the Gemara says, who's descended from Sisera? He left offspring. Rabbi Akiva is descended from Sisera. Okay? Akiva is called Rabbi Akiva ben Yosef. Why is he called Akiva ben Yosef? His father was a ger, was Yosef. His father, believe it or not, was a nitzot, Darizal says, of Yosef HaTzadik. Okay? This is a bit deep now. This is cool. But we have to stop here because it's getting too long. To release the holiness of Yosef HaTzadik which came out in Rabbi Akiva because Rabbi Akiva was the Gilgul of Yosef HaTzadik also that's why it's called Akiva ben Yosef okay his father is Yosef but we want to get to Akiva who is the good part of the Akiva ben Yosef that holiness was trapped in Sisera okay so by Yosef HaTzadik his dream what, what was the first dream that the ten stars were bowing down to me you, my brothers, represent the ten stars, okay? These same stars in the dream, the Arizal says, were the stars that came down from heaven to fight and destroy Sisera. Where it's the Pasuk says, Naftara, right? The stars came down. The Arizal says, these stars that came down to fight Sisera were the same ten stars that Yosef HaTzadik saw. Why all this? In order to release, to subdue Sisera, and by subduing him, his ancestors will convert. There will be one convert that from him will come Rabbi Akiva, who is the spark of Yosef HaTzadik trapped in Sisera. You got that? Unbelievable. So the reason why the stars fought Sisera is for the eventual release of Rabbi Akiva represents Yosef. What do you see to this point? Three tzaddikim are popping up non-stop in the psukim that Rabbi Nachman's building. 
Rabbi Akiva, you remember? Torah Elokav Bilibo. Elotim Adashura, Rabbi Akiva, we went into that, right? Akiva Vahe at the end, you remember? Akiva Vahe. Torah Elokav Bilibo, Uli Shelev Simcha. You remember this? You, you remember this, you did, okay? Rabbi Akiva's here, Yaakov Inu again, Yosef Tzadik. These, these three Tzadikim, Rabbi Nachman is playing games with them. He's like hinting to their role. We'll, we'll, we'll go into this more detail, we'll stop here. But this Pasuk has a big significance here on, on the idea of, uh, I went off a lot. But you see, that we're going to also why it says twice halicha. It says vatelech yad bnei Israel haloch v'kasha. It says vatelech and it says haloch a second time haloch v'kasha. Why the twice the redundancy? Just say vatelech yad bnei Israel kashe. Why get haloch v'kasha? You know why? Why this double whammy of halicha? But the, but also, what did Rabbi Nachman add by a second proof? The first pasuk vavarech Hashem otcha leragli. I see bracha and feet. In this pasuk, I see halicha and the hands, right? The halicha, the feet, the going, and the yad, the hand. So, so we have to go into this. We have to see why it's a service of the Shem. Okay, to be continued. Uh,